welcome to the Learn Perform Mixtape. I'm your host for this podcast, Laura Pasquini. I created this podcast to prepare me and maybe you for the Certified Professional Learning and Performance Exam, the CPLP. These series of podcasts will be my open study notes. Welcome to the learning. In episode 7.5, Talent Management Analytics, we're going to really look at data and analytics for how you manage talent. How do you manage and update large amounts and a variety of employee data? How can talent development professionals use analytics to gain insights into and improve individual and organizational performance? This is an area of expertise seven, integrated talent management, a critical thing. And these are the learning objectives for this episode. We're going to outline learner data available through talent management databases, list the methods for capturing the learner data, and compare methods of analyzing learner data to be used in decision making. This wasn't a long chapter, but I'll tell you a little bit about what's in it and then show you how I'm augmenting and going to share some of my readings and findings from this. So talent management analytics is really describing the use of data and information to improve business performance, predict turnover, maybe measure impact of leadership development programs, and determine the effectiveness of onboarding programs or just-in-time training solutions. Really, it's anything around talent that you want to learn from and how this data is available will be based on the tools you use and could be basic statistics like the numbers of learners attending training or correlations between the course content, the learning, and the actual performance on the job. So if it's collected and measured well, talent analytics can inform and offer direction to employees to support their individual career development paths and offer insights for businesses as they look at the impacts of learning and other initiatives on talent learning performance offerings that are impacting the organization's bottom line. So really the question is, how is talent analytics really helping to understand what we're investing into the people in our company and impacting the results, the business, the products, the services? I looked back to a Harvard Business Review article um, to augment this section because there wasn't much in this in the CPLP guide. So there was an interview with Thomas Davenport and he was part of this article he wrote with uh, Gene Harris and Jeremy Shapiro. They talk a little bit around um, how do you know to get the best from your people? And it's from that issue in 2010. And do you know? So how do we invest in our employees really does impact workplace performance. But how are we measuring? Uh, what do our top performers look like? And how do we empower and motivate other employees to excel? So really, companies that are competing are really understanding and using analytics to leverage and improve the management of human capital. So the talent in the organization is really critical. We've seen this and and high-performing organizations often report this. So six uses of talent analytics in this article, they talk about our human capital facts. So what's the single version of the truth regarding the individual performance and expertise level? So the data and how that looks in terms of our turnover, recruiting, headcount, things like that. So overall, what does the employee personnel area look like in your organization? So understanding that is really critical and across all departments, divisions, units. Analytical HR would be the segment of human resource data that you really want to grab from the department's functions and other divisions in your organization. So you can get an idea from if it's a regional area or team or a certain unit that's struggling with turnover, you can identify what that might be. And this would help with metrics to avoid cost, time, and other things like that when it comes to retaining employees or having to hire and train new ones. So you want to think about building up those kind of metrics to those organizational objectives. Human capital investment analysis really looks at the impact on business performance. And so if you think about um, different customers or quality of life, it really looks at the 
employees having higher revenues, lower cost, and greater employee retention overall. The workforce forecasts I've talked about previously, you want to analyze what's going to look like for succession planning, turnover, retirement, and any business opportunities if your company goes in a different direction. The talent value model addresses questions like, why do employees choose to stay with their company? I think this is a really good metric that any organization that values their employees and wants to retain them should really look at because something that you're Uh, employees or your managers really love at your organization are going to keep them there. They're going to keep morale high, boost motivation, boost performance, and incentivize people to stay. So other people and competitors, recruiters won't scoop them up and take you away from their organization. So if you really find something that's key in this talent value model that keeps people there, hey, that should be something to promote and advertise. So others know and value that within the organization and understand the needs of your individuals allow you to successfully address anything within difficult situation. The talent supply chain is another area of analytics. So companies make decision in real time about talent related demands from like, this is a retail store time of year that peaks up at the holiday season where we need to staff up or to forecast when we're going to have more inbound calls at a call center. If there's a new software technology being launched and launched, it will need side support. So they'll do some analysis around those supply chains of what's being developed in product or what the needs are in services. So those are two different things I think of that often happen in the retail space when you sell things or in a service industry. So mastering the talent data in this article, they talked about a few things, Um, thinking about the data from HR, thinking about the enterprise levels. And so lots of this information data can't be siloed. It has to go across the organization to be successful. And really the success of any of this really depends on the leaders committing to this approach, informing the data and making sure that they're hitting targets that the uh, analytics are kind of striving for. So these would be set up to assignments for projects, tasks, or retention, or um, it just might be metrics that you're going to aim for your business performance. Finally, analysts uh, must be there to convert this into practice and to have people in your team that could do that really well. I thought this article was really great. Um, it goes into more details and you can read it and I've dropped it into this episode's notes. Since there wasn't that much, I also dove back into a textbook I use um, and I've referred to it. It's by Raymond No. It's Employee Training Development. 7th edition as I flip through. And he talks a bit about and reminds me that there are different metrics, especially in the US when it comes to training development. Uh, Training and Development Magazine offers the top uh, 200 or 250 top training and learning sort of organizations and companies. I know that ATD also has an annual report that summarizes companies provide training and benchmarks for number of hours, methods, and ways that other comparative organizations could look at metrics and compare between their competitors and just tracking general trends and histories and activities for training activity. When we look at this, uh, he dives into the big data and workforce analytics and three dimensions characterize big data when we look at compiling data across the organization to understanding what that means for training. It's volume, variety, and velocity. So there's a large amount of data that will come from different areas like uh, your finance area, your human resources, your marketing, things like that. The first V volume refers to large amount of data available. Variety includes the large number of sources and types of data that are available. And velocity refers to the huge amount of data that is being generated and the speed at which it is being evaluated, captured, and made useful. Big data can come from many different sources like transactions, business applications, email, social media, smartphones, and even sensors embedded in employees' identification badges or company products. So the goal is to make decisions on human capital based on data than any kind of 
of institutional conventional wisdom. Any sort of talent analytics can help this, but big data can help predict when employees will take trainings, will help progress their careers, maybe help with retention and promotion. And in this chapter six in training evaluation, it really gets into the how workforce analytics really wants to practice the use of quantitative methods and scientific methods to analyze data from sources to make evidence-based decisions. So HR should be considering that a lot more. And this would be include training, development, and talent development, things like that, to help influence and uh, give ideas and accurate data so companies and organizations can make better decisions. I will say that it was interesting to also read in Gardner's um, 2019 report, they have a paper called Talent Analytics, how HR can leverage analytics to inform talent and business decisions. An interesting point in this article was more data isn't equating to more actionable insights. So only 21% of HR leaders believe that their organizations are effective at using talent data to inform business decisions. That's scary. So 70% of Organizations expect to increase the resources they dedicate to talent analytics in the coming years, but really, they're not using any data to manage their talent and understand where they're going. Focusing on analytics investments on delivery and not just data is really critical. So you want to manage the talent data, manage analytics technology, communicate analytics insights, and apply analytics to business problems. So drive talent outcomes up by 23% if you are making decision-based processes with this evidence and behind it. So it's not just the data, but it's a way to make decisions and identify these markers. So you'll have some decision-making processes and workflows in the organizations to advance your business. Um, I think it's really interesting to learn that that's just a growing area. And I think talent development professionals can be a better part of capturing data, measuring and assessing assessing talent, and thinking about ways to uh, go about gathering information, whether it's a course questionnaire online, a focus group, one-to-one interviews, following up with a manager would be really critical for analyzing learner data. They only indicated three methods. I'll mention them here um, for um, what you do to analyze this talent data. And one of them is correlational. So statistics, direct correlation, inverse, inverse correlation, or zero correlation. So this is when you consider the factors to ensure that the statistics represent more than a causal relationship. You could show a relationship between a course taken and employees' advancement, perhaps. Multiple regression analysis, if you didn't get to study that at some point, you're missing out. It is used to quantify how certain behaviors are tied to output. So um, you'll often see this if you get a follow-up satisfaction survey on something like car insurance or interaction with someone that you've called. They've sent those quick scale surveys, but because they like to measure things like regression can help like defining the service behaviors, the use of the customers, uh, whether it's name, being if they've been placed on hold on a call, if the person they talk to is polite, and does that drive any sort of rating level? So you'll get those quick ratings. I don't know if that's the best way to measure um, that, but that's what often companies will do. They'll send out those quick scores, rate them on a 1 to 10, 1 to 5 scale. Significant testing is another one used to verify correlation and um, for multiple regression analysis because there are so many sources of errors and stats. So sampling bias, um, bias in research, validity, um, not having enough numbers. So things like that. Being completely certain that a relationship exists between two variables is challenge to achieve, not impossible. So it's really important to have someone there that can do the analysis and knows how to not only develop the research methods, but also the analytics behind it and just understanding what the methodology looks like when you review the the data itself. So do relationships exist between the variables? Um, Types of analytics can help guide organizations 
to determine what talent initiatives to implement and which types of learning yield the best return on investment and how to prioritize the use of limited resources. All links to the articles mentioned will be in these episode notes, and I put a link and message to the book I reference uh, by no. Also, we'll get into more learning evaluation and area of expertise five. So stay tuned to that. That's coming up soon. And if you have ways that you manage your talent and analytics, let me know. How does your organization company go about uh, measuring that? And I'd love to know more about um, specifically how you analyze and study that data. So once you have it, what do you do with it? Thanks for listening to the Learn Perform Mixtape. If you're liking this podcast, subscribe, tell a friend, give me a like, and give me a review. If you're studying for the CPLP or you have already, let me know. I'd love to chat and I'd love to get your advice. Comments, questions, thoughts, and love are always welcome. And I have my details in every episode notes. So please reach out. Let's connect.